Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. So this isn't anything that just is limited to the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Hey, this is Bryant Arnold, also known as Dragon from Skinwalker Ranch, and you're listening to That UFO Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. And since I am aware this one is being recorded for video, I'll say hello to anyone watching on YouTube as well. Thanks for all the feedback and for the new listeners, the old listeners that have tuned in for the Luella Zondo interview. Um, it's been incredible. Uh, it's good to kind of see so many people jumping on board the podcast, and it's very important people hear what Lou's got to say. So that, that was fantastic. And Lou will be back on the podcast sooner rather than later. I know that for sure. So and he was very grateful for everyone who tuned in and kind of got in touch as well really excited about this show as well last week uh, i also spoke to sean cahill and jeremy mcgowan about their upcoming untitled uap project so make sure you're keeping an eye out for that following it on instagram following it on twitter as well louis elizondo it's redacted um, i believe in humans podcast all involved in that one too so make sure you're following all those guys and keeping tabs on what's to come with them it's been a bit of a crazy week in the world of UFOs and UAPs. It just seems to be something happening almost every day just now. And I don't think there's many better people to be discussing all the happenings and goings on with than the man I've got on the line with is now. Um, so he has been interviewed by and featured on George Knapp's Mystery Wire. He is a blogger and creator of the very successful and much uh, needed and much read silverrecord.com. I've got Danny Silva. Danny, how are you doing today? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me, man. No, very well. And I got in touch with you. I think it was probably sometime last year as the podcast was starting to get relatively popular. Uh, and it just we never got around to sort of finalizing a date. So it's really good to have you on the podcast. But like I was just saying to you before, I think the timing for it's really good because a lot's happened even just in the last few weeks. Uh, and do you know what? When I say this, I don't even know if it's correct or not. And if you feel this, but you seem to be almost a relatively quiet guy in terms of like interviews and getting yourself out there. You, you seem to be someone who does a lot of work in the background. Um, and I don't necessarily think you get a lot of the credit you probably deserve for, for some of your opinion pieces. And just from the previous guests I've had on the show, some of the more high profile guests, whether on the show or off the air, they name drop you as someone who they either have spoken to, they confide in, someone they trust or someone they respect. So I'm really excited to get you on and, and, and kind of share your thoughts on the subject as well. Thanks, man. These these people, uh, I'm only as good as the people that uh, read my stuff and the people that I talk to, and I'm just trying to share information. So I'm just some guy. So uh, thank you for saying that. 
No, I, I know the feeling about just being some guy as well. It's a bit crazy what we can get involved in sometimes. Um, yeah. But listen, Danny, straight off the bat, um, I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about how you got involved in the subject of UFOs and UAP. Um, originally, you know, just growing up as a kid, I always felt like there was more to the world than meets the eye, basically. I mean, everyone has that feeling. I don't know if it's because it's ingrained in us because of television or media. I'm not really sure, but, um, you know, I was interested in things like that, mysterious things. Um, Then one day I was flipping channels on an old radio and I heard the word UFO and it happened to be Arbel. I had never heard of Arbel. This was like, I don't know, 20 years ago or something. And uh, I just started listening to Coast to Coast and Arbel religiously and George Knapp and then what later became George Norrie. And, you know, not that I believed everything that was on there every time, but uh, it was very interesting. It opened up my mind to a whole new world. Coast to Coast was making calls on things that ended up kind of becoming true in some cases, you know, just that we would find out in the media. And I knew that there was more to it than that. And I knew that the general mass media wasn't giving us the whole story. Um, Fast forward many years I was on the sidelines, just an interested fan, and the A-tip story broke, and I freaked out. And uh, it was cool because I actually heard about it from Art Bell's uh, Facebook page. That was before he passed away, and he shared it, and he was excited about it. And that just changed my life totally. And um, I got confirmation, basically, that there was a United States UFO program going on, and there was some guy named Luis Elizondo that was running it. And not only that, there was videos. And then they also dropped that crazy line in that article about uh, basically what we later became known as meta materials or ultra materials. And so this just blew me away. And I was actually, I had anxiety about it for the first week maybe. And I was just telling myself, Hey, this is what you wanted. Um, and now this is actually real. It was it's kind of shocking once you actually start believing, really believing that um, UAP exists, that there's probably a non-human intelligence running them. It's pretty crazy. And now, you know, I've come to grips with it years later. Um, So then I jumped on uh, Twitter, like many people do when they have questions and they want to talk about things, they jump on social media. At the time, not very many people were tweeting about, you know, this company called To The Stars Academy that really was brand new. Nobody really knew what was going on. It was kind of like the gold rush. There's only a few of us tweeting about it. You know, UFO Twitter didn't really exist um, in, in many cases. And um, I quickly uh, made some friends on there. One of them was uh, Andreas, a.k.a. Adam, and um, some other guys, Keith and Jason and, and uh, people like that. And um, they, uh, they said, hey, we're going to start a blog because we were sharing and Googling and coming up with our own information quickly, very quickly. And we were the, some of the only people doing it at the time. Um, you know, there was Grant Cameron, I think, was like the main authority, basically, into the Stars Academy. At that point, it was Grant Cameron. And um, so we started uh, – I, I never had written before. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. They said, we're starting a blog. They forced me to start writing. I wouldn't have never done it if it wasn't for them forcing me to do it and um, being good friends of mine at the time. And they um, – uh, and we, we were able to break stories pretty quickly. We had a few really interesting ones. Thanks to uh, Twitter user Jay, we broke the story about Luis Elizondo's um, resignation letter when it leaked, the whole Chris Mellon leak. That was huge. Um, but there was other things that we were talking about. And 
we realized quickly that when we published something, um, it wasn't hard to kind of get all across the UFO community. I mean, not necessarily across the world, but all across the UFO community. And um, that um, situation kind of dissolved. We all kind of went our separate ways. And then I started Silver Record and I haven't really looked back. And I've been able to just kind of be an obsessed onlooker. And I'm just sharing things that I think are interesting. Um, sometimes other people think it's interesting too, and that's cool. And I bug the heck out of uh, sources and people that I'm writing about. And I email them and um, just bug the heck out of them until they start talking to me. And I'm able to get some information here and there. And I'm just sharing. And uh, I'm just a regular guy. And I'm sharing what I think is interesting. And I'm sharing um, what I think is breaking stories. Um, I don't write long pieces. I've never really even considered myself a writer. I just happen to write. And my pieces are usually pretty short. And I'm just kind of slapping people with information and moving on. Um, in some cases, other blogs of mine are a little bit longer, but uh, I just wanted to kind of move the ball forward and share what I think is interesting with other people. And luckily other people think that too, that um, they're interested in reading it. So it was kind of a real organic thing. And I was coming from the music industry where I was having to kind of uh, um, just talk to people all the time and be social. So I was able to kind of take some of those skills and pass it on to this. And um, it's worked out for me. And now we've had this huge explosion uh, since 2017, we've came an, insane, an insanely long way. Um, the world has changed in many ways. It's not where we want it to be, but everything has changed uh, since 2017. So it's been a wild ride, and we were kind of a, you know ahead of the curve in many ways, a bunch of us um, that were following since 2017 from now. Absolutely, and it's been just over three years now as of recording. You know, we're in February 2021. And going back to December 2017, when that article comes out and TTSA, you know, take to the stage, Tom DeLong, Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon, Steve Justice, you've got Jim Simivan, all that, all those guys come on board as well and a whole host of other scientists. What was the reaction like at the time to what you thought something like that sort of event would have? Bear in mind, like the New York Times has just come out and run a, a huge story on the US government finally acknowledged they have a UFO program. For all intents and purposes, call it ATIP, call, call it OSAP like it was in the past. They have acknowledged, in layman's terms, we study UFOs. Straight away, people do automatically go to aliens and all that sort of stuff because that's the natural line of thought, especially in the mainstream. Was the reaction of the general public and you know what became UFO Twitter, what you would have expected for that sort of big announcement? It was and it wasn't. You know, we thought that that was the big smoking gun, and it was in many ways a huge smoking gun. But at the same time, it hasn't gotten the attention that we thought it would. I think many of us are always very surprised and even disheartened that, you know, the normal public, general public, doesn't really still know about the subject. I mean, they released the Tic Tac video, which is insane. And it's something that's flying around that is technology that as far as we know, no human possesses. And if, it, if they do possess it, it's secret. But uh, so we thought that was a smoking gun and we thought it would be a lot bigger. Um, but at the same time, it did change the world. So it's, it's, it's kind of both sides of the story. But uh, the, um, what I quickly realized was, or maybe not so quickly that we need just more smoking guns. We need to keep hitting the public with smoking gun after smoking gun until finally we're at where we want to be. But, you know, this UAP task force that's getting kind of mixed reviews from people in the know um, is still a huge step regardless. And some of the other things that we're seeing going on, like Japan talking about UAP, 
uh, politicians, major politicians, um, and just the videos being released, you know, it's been these huge steps that have happened since 2017. So mainly um, really big things have happened, but, you know, it's never enough until everyone uh, believes what we believe, or at least knows what we know. Um, but we're every day, you know, we're kind of chipping away at it. Thanks to people like Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon, you know, Dr. Gary Nolan, George Knapp, um, and people like this who are really moving the ball forward. And we're kind of, uh, secluded to UFO Twitter, but at the same time, when I'm writing over the years, I have, you know, major media and, um, famous reporters hitting me up and saying they're reading my stuff. So we do affect the world around us. Um, and Lou Elizondo definitely does too. It's, I've seen one of your previous interviews. I think it was uh, potentially on the Mystery Wire, where you described yourself as a citizen journalist. But again, regardless of citizen journalist, someone with a degree or you know a PhD, a master's, whatever, you've got sources like and quotes from Hal Putov, Chris Mellon. You've spent time with Lou Elizondo. Those are the kind of big hitters and so many other people as well. George, you mentioned Art Bell before, who is a fascinating guy, and I only really got to know of Art Bell after he'd passed away, and he had a fascinating life, you know, starting coast to coast the way he did and the evolution of coast to coast. He he knew some things, and George Knapp's been an incredible kind of predecessor and carried on that work, as, as is George Nury on coast to coast now as well. But that, that time and how things have changed over three years, it hasn't gone the way you hoped it had gone, like you say, you were disappointed at the time that maybe it never had the reaction, but where would you rate what TTSA accomplished over the space of the three years? They put their, they put the bar really high at the time. Um, they accomplished many, many things, but they haven't accomplished everything that they said they would at the same time. So I'm not mad at them. Um, they changed the discussion. They released the videos. They changed the world. Um, what the you know the detractors might say and then i agree is that they released the photo of that uap or the ufo that they said they would build and they haven't done that there hasn't been any updates on that so that's my main criticism on that um you know if they weren't asking for investments um it wouldn't be as big of a deal but a lot of people invested strictly in ttsa because they thought they would re uh, release technology and uh there hasn't been any technology released unfortunately there hasn't been any um, UFO released. Of course, they wouldn't have been able to do it this quickly anyways. But uh, we don't know what the status, status of that is. You know, in retrospect, I'm not sure if they, um, you know, hindsight's 2020. Maybe if they would do it again, they wouldn't have released that picture. But, you know, we were looking at Steve Justice being there, who was one of the top guys at uh, Skunk Works. And we were thinking he was going to build a, a UFO, basically. And that's what they were selling. Um, uh, you know, how Putoff was talking about it, who I have the utmost respect for, Dr. How Putoff. And um, so that's kind of a letdown that there hasn't been technology released. As far as disclosure, quote unquote, they've done everything. They've done more than anyone has ever done. No one can ever take that away from them. Um, it doesn't matter what happens in the future. They've accomplished that. And that's really all we can ask for. So it's kind of, if I'm looking at it from a disclosure standpoint, they've done everything. If I'm looking at it as an investor standpoint, they haven't done everything that they said they would. Um, nobody's perfect. And everyone that invested knew that there was risk involved. You know, their investment to this day is still there. It's not like it's gone. But um, I think in many, time, many terms, you know, thinking about it, it's unfortunate that Lou, Chris, 
and Steve Justice left. It was kind of like the Beatles breaking up or something like that. Um, I understand why Lou and Chris left. You know, we've heard them, we've heard Lou talk about it and it makes sense. Um, but, uh, so there's two sides of the coin there. And, um, but at the end of the day, two of the stars accomplished what they did. Tom DeLong changed the world. You know, all these guys changed the world and no one can ever take that away from them, no matter what happens. And nothing's stopping, especially with uh, Lou and Chris. They have a lot of tricks up their sleeve and there's going to be a lot of great things announced, I think, in 2021. I'm hoping to the stars is also success, successful on their own. Um, I don't know as much about their inner workings about what they have going on now. Um, but I wish them the best and I really do hope they succeed. And I hope everyone who invested because of technology or because Lou, Chris or Steve were there and now they're gone. I hope that they get some sort of a return or feel like they weren't burned um, by that situation. Well, that answered my next question. It was going to be, do you still see TTSA having a future in UAPs in any, any serious fashion, given they've lost, and I've, I've called them the big three, you know, Lou, Chris, and Steve. You're right, the investment thing, I think, was a sore point for a lot of people. I remember back when they done their first um, stock issue, and I think it was like $150 minimum, and then one of the next times it was 250 And I think I'm right in saying the last time was $750 minimum investment. So it wasn't as if it was, you know, anyone just off the street could could put $10 into support. And, you know, not that you were going to be getting much back for that, but you just wanted to show support. They seem to be asking for more and more. And for me at the time, and I, I've made no secret, I was a fan of TTSA, that they were getting somewhere, that they are looking for bigger hitters and heavier hitters. And I just hope that people do eventually see some sort of return in that investment for anyone who, who did invest in them. Lou has talked a lot about him wanting to move away from the more entertainment aspect of things, which TTSA seem to have gone down that route. So are you surprised events unfolded how they did with the breakup and, and Lou, Chris and Steve moving away? Or do you think that was something that was always going to happen? Um, I was surprised. Um, I knew that, you know, any of us just as humans working with a group, it becomes hard. You have to kind of mitigate everyone's opinions and you have to kind of censor yourself and it's a group think situation that always makes it hard I've, I've experienced that myself in many situations i like running silver record by myself and not having anyone to answer to and doing exactly what i want so i understand um why they left um but i was surprised that they left because of all the talk over the last three years and i know that they put a lot into it themselves, Lou and Chris. I've never talked to Steve Justice. But, um, you know, uh, I, I, I also have criticism. And these guys are heroes. Lou is a hero and Chris is a hero. And they put a lot into it. But at the same time, for them to say that they're moving away from entertainment, I understand exactly why they were doing it. But at the same time, they were signed up for it for the last three years. So um, people were kind of left holding the bag in a way. Um that invested because all the people that invested because of Lou, all the people that invested because of Steve, all the people that invested because of Chris and they left, but they're doing what they feel is best to move the ball forward. So I get it. And I'm sure that they, they put so much into TTSA themselves that I'm sure that they left on the table when they moved away from it too. So they've sacrificed everything at more than the investors have sacrificed really. But, um, 
you know, if they wanted to not be as involved in entertainment, it would, uh, I think it would have been a better idea to maybe say that from the get go, but you know, hindsight's always 2020 and who am I to say, I don't want to be some armchair quarterback over here saying they should have, um, done this or done that because they changed the world and they've done great things. And again, if investors weren't involved, um, I think most of this would have been a mute point, but a lot of people did invest. And I know people that don't have a lot of money invested a lot. And it was because of that UFO photo. And now um, I'm not sure if Lou and these guys had anything to do with that UFO photo. That might've been all Tom and they may have had no uh, say in them releasing it. So that might've been the case. And maybe we can't really blame them for that, but you know, them being a part of, um, to the Stars Academy for those three years was basically asking people to invest just by being a member and um, and things like that. But like I'm saying, hindsight is 2020. They've accomplished their goals. These guys are heroes. They're amazing. And if we all lose our investment, that's fine. We'll meet with me personally. I can't speak for others. If I lose my investment, I just wanted to support, like you were saying. I was just trying to support disclosure. Um and that's all we can really ask for. And they change disclosure. They change the world. They change the topic. And so we're in a great position where we are now. Is some of these other kind of more out there ideas that they've um, put forward, like the ship, um, that I still hope comes to fruition. And I hope they're doing something with it. But um, with Steve Justice leaving, you know, I'm not super hopeful about it. So like you say, Steve Justice is one of the guys who rarely talks anyway. There's, there's not really much of a social social media presence from Steve, if any. Um, he's not one that goes in front of the camera, does a lot of interviews. Chris Mellon, um, a little bit more, but more so un- unidentified or, you know, you'll see him on Fox News from time to time. Um, Lou has always been the figurehead of the company, even though it was Tom's company, it, everyone seems to go to Lou. So he, him coming away, it was always a question, how long would it take before he put himself out there? You know, because he was going to get questions, he could have had for some time. Um, but to, I think to Lou's credit, straight away, he's gone on this media run, which has raised its own questions for a lot of people. But Lou answered that on my podcast and on other people's as well. His goal, like he says, was just to generate a conversation. And he feels that's been done in phase one or first gear. He's a bit of a petrol head, as he says. So, you know, he puts things in car terms. We're moving on to second gear now. But I want to know, you've you've spent some time with Lou, you know, on your own website. You've got a picture of you sitting, you know, side by side. What are your experiences with Lou like? What What is the man himself like? He's a great person. He really comes across well in these interviews. And what you hear in these interviews is basically how he is in person. He's a great guy. You know, he's extremely nice. He'll never compliment himself. He always compliments everyone around him. Um He's a veteran and a hero in that regard. He's done a lot of things that people still aren't really super aware of, or even if they're aware of, they're not focused on, Um, not on the UFO subject, but just as a military hero, excuse me. Um, And uh, so he's a great guy. He's the real deal when you meet him. You know, um, I don't think he would have sacrificed his job, sacrificed his life and his well-being um, to put forth a, lies like he's been accused of by all these people and to um to shout out to lou because everyone that's hated him he's going on their podcast now and talking to him these people that have been talking trash about lou for three years he's talking to them now 
shutting them down, turning them into fans. He's turned he's turned his biggest haters into fans. So um, that's not easy to do. And a lot of people would have avoided these interviews and these hard questions. He hasn't done that. He's he's uh, manning up on every single thing. And, um, you know, that goes to show he has nothing to hide. So um, he's a really great guy. He is so personable and he's so available um, that uh, I just I can't take anything away from him, what he's done. And the way he's been able to communicate with people, get them on his side and um, just get them to understand what he's doing is uh, is nothing short of amazing to me. And um, I never hear this guy saying anything bad about anyone, really. Um, and he's just, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, he, he brings people together, is what I would say. And he, there's no better spokesperson uh, for this topic than him. And I think they're going to be doing a lot of amazing things in the future. It's probably a good time to ask this question. Uh, Dave Partridge, who runs, creates, edits, publishes, writes for, does the whole works for Shadows of Your Mind magazine. Um, he had asked, and you mentioned the the haters who Lou has appeared on their podcast. Now, John Greenwald was the kind of first interview with Lou recently, and he starts off his podcast on the Black Vault apologizing to Lou for, you know, maybe saying things he did in the past. And that that's fair. He, he brought that straight up off the bat and then ran a very professional interview Jimmy Church, I'm sure you're going to say is the other other one. Um, Jimmy's intro and how he went about the start of that podcast wasn't necessarily to my taste. And um, I thought it was a bit of flexing and almost going OTT. And I thought Lou handled that really well. And that included some of the questions throughout that were just either unnecessary or totally irrelevant. And like you say, Lou, Lou can handle himself. He doesn't need anyone to back him up. Um, but Dave Partridge had the question of, have you been blocked by Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Church on Fade to Back after you called in to put Jimmy straight? Um, that was in relation to you calling up to defend TTSA some time ago. Uh, I don't know if you want to give a little, little bit of background on that call and what happened. Sure. Um, I was real new in the UFO subject, and uh, Jimmy was just trashing to the stars every day. Um, and we weren't having it. And that was a lot, that was back when there wasn't a lot of, uh, to the stars Academy fans. Um, you know, that was when they were real new and I just called in and I got through immediately. Um, a lot of people didn't know who I was and that was kind of my coming out party in a way. It was pretty funny. Um, I was real nervous. I hadn't, you know, done all these interviews like I've done now. I kept calling him sir and all this stuff, but, uh, um, I felt like I cleared some things up for Jimmy because he was just quoting bad information. He even had to edit out certain things that were said um, live. Uh, he edited out of the YouTube version because he looked real bad. Um, luckily, uh, UFO Google, AKA Juliana Mrenkovich on me talk radio on Twitter. Um, he had the live recording. So we, I think, uh, and in fact, UFO Joe recently transcribed it. It's just kind of a funny little thing of history. It really doesn't matter too much now. Um, it's just kind of a funny thing. And, um, you know, uh, at the beginning, a lot of us were really scrapping on Twitter. I don't go on Twitter to argue with people. I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good. At the same time, sometimes we still do it. Um, but we definitely used to do it a lot back then. And uh, so Jimmy didn't block me after I went on there. But I think in the coming months... Um, when he continued to talk about it to about to the stars and we would speak up, he ended up blocking me. Yeah. 
Okay, so Lou opened up on uh, on my own interview, and he has since done, you know, Project Unity and a few others as well. Um, with him being really tired in that vulnerable side of Lou, kind of came out for probably the first time. Um, that's understandable given the work he has put in. Whether you like him or don't like him, like I said, he's not looking for fans. Um, he has done a lot of work in the last few years that we don't necessarily see. Do you see anyone else potentially stepping in or stepping up? to help push forward these efforts? Because it seems to be right now, there's still a lot of effort in what is Lou doing to push this forward for everyone. Lou's the main guy, isn't he? He's doing so much. And I understand that he's tired. I'm exhausted. I've been um, having less time to write recently and I feel real guilty about it because I have, you know, my life, I'm working like 11 hour days doing two different jobs. Um, I have my personal life and all this other stuff and I'm trying to keep, you know, up on everything. Lou's done a million interviews recently. I haven't even heard them all yet. I haven't heard the uh, Jimmy Church interview. Um, but uh, uh, what was the question? I'm sorry. Uh, who else do you see stepping in oh, or stepping up? Do you see someone, uh, if Lou did walk away, who, who comes in to take over that yeah. mantle? I hope that there is. Lou's definitely the main guy. You know, Chris Mellon is a very um, great speaker. He's an amazing speaker. Um, there's other people that I would like to do more, uh, hear more from. And I think to the stars Academy kind of put themselves in a bad position. I put this in my blog that um, they let Lou and Chris do most of the talking. Tom did some too, but so their main speakers are gone now. I would like to the stars. I mean, really to the stars Academy is going to have to have someone else speak more. Now, Dr. Hal put off is the man. He does not shy away from comments, um, but he doesn't do a million interviews here and there. Um, so I'd like to hear more from him. I'd like to hear Jim Semivan, really. I mean, he doesn't do interviews. He speaks to Melinda Leslie. He speaks to other people off the record. But I'd really like to hear Jim Semivan's opinion on things. Um, we need more from To The Stars Academy. I think there's other people that, you know, doing interviews all the time isn't easy. It's not fun. You're putting yourself out there. A lot of people just want to focus on their work. And they don't want to do a lot of interviews. You know, I'm probably doing more interviews myself these days than I'm writing blogs even. Um, and it's really time consuming. I don't know how Lou's done so many interviews recently. He's done tons of them. I mean, he must be working 60 hours a week just doing podcasts. But uh, we do need more spokespeople for the subject. No one is better than Lou and Chris. But um, the more the merrier. And, you know, um, it's always been kind of a dream of ours to have a U UAPTF kind of spokesperson or maybe someone else that leaves the government like Lou did that could come forward and start talking. But we always need more of that. And um, I'm not sure who the next person is. I think with some of these announcements coming in 2021, we may end up hearing from more people. You know, um, it's always great to hear from uh, people on Joe Rogan, whether it's George Knapp, Jeremy Corbell, um, Jacques Vallée, any of those Rogan shows are really huge. Um, George Knapp is a great speaker also, and he's a great spokesman for the topic. Um, so I don't know who, who might be next and who can kind of take some of the pressure off a of loop, probably maybe Chris Mellon, but, uh, I don't know. And maybe there's some X factor people that are going to come out that we don't even know the names of. Now you mentioned there, and I'm going to ask you one more question before we get to the listener questions. Cause I've got quite a few of those to talk to you about. Um, the UAP task force report is now due in less than 140 days, I believe is correct. Um, Jimmy Church had quoted 144 uh, days, but it was 143 at that time. So I think it's 140 or less now. I've usually got Dan to work out those sort of details for me. Um, 
So the UAP task force report has hit the headlines again. Lou's talked about it on on mass, and he mentioned again on my podcast and uh, since then on others, he feels it's and I'm quoting him: it's potentially being set up to fail. Um, he believes it potentially needs more time. Chris Mellon's come out and backed up that as well. What are your gut feelings on what the final product we're going to get is in 140 days' time? My what I'm doing is I'm listening to Chris and I'm listening to Lou. A lot of people took that, or some people took that comment that he made on your podcast that it was set up to fail. And if you take that out of context, I don't think it gives the whole story. Um, I think that maybe the report isn't going to happen in that 180 days. And I'm just going off what Lou and Chris are saying. Um, but at the same time, Lou, Chris, other people are putting a lot of energy and focus into this task force, into what is um, now... Uh, the, the new version of it, you know, because it was a tip and it kind of transformed into this, you know, he's Lou has talked about on these um, various podcasts. I don't know which ones I've listened to a bunch of them now that they kind of want a permanent situation because apparently the task force isn't necessarily permanent. You know, they want what they're gunning for is a permanent um, uh, 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 conglomerate or whatever you want to call them permanent situation that has funding, that has more people. And that's really what they want, whether it's going to be in the Space Force or Navy or Air Force or wherever it's going to be. I think that's the goal. I don't know if UAPTF itself has to die in order for this other thing to kind of come about or if UAPTF can transform into that. I just know that they're busting their butts. Lou isn't just doing a podcast and and going and playing video games because I know he likes video games too, but... um, He's really working really, really hard. Chris Mellon's working. Anyone that has access to government bureaucrats or politicians are, you know, working really, really hard to make this happen. And the simple fact that UAPTF um, exists is a huge win. So whatever happens with the report, you know, Chris Mellon, I think, tweeted just today, just now, that he thinks it's not going to be, you know, any blockbuster information in it. And that's sad. You know, I had more hopes for this report especially at first. And now I'm, you know, the more we hear Chris Mellon talking about it, the I'm getting my hopes down a little bit at the same time. I think Chris says things strategically because he wants more. So when you hear Lou talk about the task force and you hear Chris talk about the task force, there's somewhat of a disconnect because Lou's more positive. Chris is a little bit more negative. I think Chris says things, because he's being more of a politician about it and he's trying to focus on maybe the negative in order to achieve the positive. Whereas Lou is saying, you know, there's a lot more to it. These guys are great. And not that Chris is saying they aren't great, but um, uh, so I don't know. I still have a lot of hope about it. Maybe the report won't be as good as possible. It sounds like it's going to get pushed if you listen to Lou and maybe Chris, you know, it probably isn't going to come out during that time frame, but you know, it's still a huge win. And I just want more media attention on the task force itself. You know, I always thought that there was a disconnect because ATIP, when we heard about it in the New York Times, it was falsely reported that ATIP was no longer going on. So I felt like people could kind of put that in their brain and be like, well, you, the United States had a UFO program, but it ended and it wasn't successful and it's gone now. So who cares? But I thought that, well, if they knew ATIP was going on still, it would change a lot of things. And UAPTF is going on currently. 
So I just want to go to the public. I want to slap them in the face. I want to shake them and tell them there's a task force currently going on about UFOs. According to UFO, uh, Lou, it is UAP. It's not UAS or anything like, else like that. It's UAP phenomena. It's not drones. Um, so um, I, I would like to have that be more of a big story. I mean, the public needs to know there's a task force currently going on. If they don't believe us, listen to Marco Rubio and Mark Warner on both sides of the aisle talking about it. Um, so 2020 was really a huge year when I look back at it, just because of the task force, because of the political involvement. And I don't think that's going to stop. No matter what happens with UAPTF, I think the work that's getting done behind the scenes, um, we have a lot to look forward to. There's been other hints listening to these podcasts that Lou has talked about, about um, an international body, you know, maybe getting involved. Um, you know, we can kind of read between the lines what that could mean, but that's huge. And I think, you know, that's part of, probably part of phase two also is getting more. And I think we tweeted this actually is getting more. Um, maybe he did. I can't remember, but uh, getting more countries involved, you know, Japan's involved and there's other countries, you know, Everyone's always um, upset that uh, the UK isn't talking more, but everything I hear behind the scenes is they're super involved. All these countries are involved. It's just, they may not be talking about it publicly, but it's not like the United States is the only one, you know, there's countries across the world, whether they're our friends or not, and they're um, involved in the subject. Really, they have to be. I mean, Bigelow said it, everyone says it, you know, I think it's true. There's crashes all over the world. So right there, right then and there, we know to some extent, you know, they're retrieving materials, whether they know what they are, or whether they're doing anything with them, I'm not sure. But this is a world phenomenon, you know, and it's not just a United States phenomenon. Danny, if the head of the task force came to you and said, look, we're, we're going to push this so we don't have the time, but you can pick one thing that's going to be in this report that we can declassify to the public, what would you want to see as a priority? I always focus on materials and whether we have large pieces, which I know we do, you know, I believe we do, or do we have a whole craft, which I'm not always sure. Do we have a whole craft? I really don't know. That's a big question. But, you know, I'll, I'll be talking to some of my friends and stuff and they'll be like, Danny, you're passing right up on the, the bigger question, my bodies, like, you know, entity bodies. And I've kind of skipped the whole bodies thing. Um, in lieu of the materials, but uh, I think that's even a bigger question, really. It's so wacky and weird and crazy that I've kind of stayed away from it, but that's even more of an important holy grail than um, materials would be. So I guess if I had my pick out of anything, I would say worse abundance. Awesome. On to some listener questions, and we had quite a few of these sent in. Uh, Craig, who's a longtime patron of the show, he asks that, um, in a bigger sense, given you know a lot of information and you know you've got your sources and you, you speak to some of these people directly what do you think may come up in 2021 is there anything that we've missed so far or what one piece of big news other than the task force report of course do you think we could see come out i think what lou and chris are doing behind the scenes they're not chilling they're not retired they're doing great things and i think announcements coming from them um, will be probably the biggest story of 2021. Um, they are the succession of to the Stars Academy. So a lot of our hopes and dreams and attention that we were putting onto the Stars Academy has shifted now 
to Lou and Chris and what they got going on. They keep a lot of stuff tight, um, close to the vest. And when we kind of find out all this, the plans that they have, you know, Lou kind of has teased some stuff on the podcast, but he, they aren't, they aren't talking about what they're doing really as much um, as people would like, or, you know, and I understand why. So I think they're going to continue to be the biggest story. They've been the biggest story for the last three years. They're going to continue to be the biggest story. Also, we have whatever Jacques Vallée and Dr. Gary Nolan are working on as far as materials. So those are the two biggest things that the public knows about. I'm sure that there are other things going on that no one knows about. You know, um, there's tons of stuff going on. There's government programs. There's private organizations, I'm guessing, that are working on this UFO stuff. And they're just not telling anyone because um, whether they're waiting for hard proof or they just don't really care about public opinion and public disclosure, but, but they want answers. I mean, I only can imagine what's going on that we don't know about. But I think 2021 biggest stories will be one, Chris and Lou, and two, Dr. Gary Nolan's um, scientific studies. And I hope we hear more about uh, Dr. Nolan's stuff in 2021. If not, it'll be you know 2022 or some other um, time in the future. But in the near this year, I think we will be hearing more from um, Lou and Chris. I'm hoping. Hope so. Uh, next up, Walker on Twitter. What can be done to raise the positivity and promote more unity on UFO Twitter um, to help create a focused positive force for all moving forward together or at least in a similar direction? I think, you know, as much scrapping and fighting as we used to do on UFO Twitter, we've come a long way. And I'm as guilty of it as anyone. Um, but uh, there's a lot less arguing, I think. And but at the same time, arguing is kind of good on Twitter because if you say some wild stuff, you're going to get flamed for it. And um, not everyone is going to agree on everything. People come, uh, they people approach the phenomenon and the subject in a lot of different ways. I have to really try to stick to facts because I get burned if I don't. And I have to um, kind of, when I talk to reporters um, that I respect, and journalists and things like that that I respect. If I talk about wild stuff, they, um, they're like, Danny, what are you doing? You can't back this up. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I'm not just like a regular UFO Twitter guy that can kind of blast my mouth off and say anything, <laughs> at least not as much as I used to. Um, but, you know, other people on UFO Twitter can say whatever they want. Um, I think it's pretty positive, but at the same time, it's social media. Everyone argues. It doesn't matter if it's UFOs, sports, politics or if it's gardening and crochet people are arguing and hate each other on social media um it's just kind of the nature of the beast you can say what you want um behind a keyboard or behind your phone and it makes people argue it brings out the worst in everyone but it's also instantaneous information and it brings out the best in everyone too look at us we're talking from different countries right now look at everything you've been able to accomplish with your podcast from another country um, all over the world, people are tuning into you. So it's it's the best and the worst of everything. It's the future. So I'm not really sure. I think UFO Twitter has done a good job. And I think Lou continuously shouting out UFO Twitter and social media has really brought us together too. And as messy as we used to get and, and, and fighting with everyone, now we know that um, 
Lou's reading it, Chris Mellon's reading it, government officials are reading it. So we kind of have a responsibility to be a little bit more professional probably these days. And I think that's uh, come through. And um, I think we've kind of settled into a pretty good spot now on social media. And um, people are doing a really good job about it. People are real motivated. Um, Like my friend Adam, a.k.a. Andreas, he's really motivated. I mean, we've been doing this for three years now. It's not like we dipped in and out and we just spent like six months or a year on this and then moved on. Like we're really in this for the long haul. A lot of us are, um, you know, UFO Joe and a lot of these people, um, Chris Wolfer, Juliana Marinkovich, just everybody really. Um, all these people I'm not naming that I'm forgetting, but um, James Gandoli, but a lot of people. And, and it's just, this is our life and this is what we're eating and sleeping. We all got bills to pay and we all have to, spend time with their families and do everything else. But we're really obsessed with this topic and it's not some flash in the pan thing. It's we're, we're here to stay, you know, Lou and Chris are here to stay and this subject isn't going away. It's only gaining momentum. And you're right. And you're talking about social media there as well. Like I, I love talking to people on particularly Twitter. We've got the Facebook, the Instagram and people email as well, which is, which is great. And people discuss things on the Patreon site, but on you like the UFO Twitter, where I spend most of my time in social media, I love getting to, into discussions and debates with people. And I'll say this on, on the podcast, it's fine to disagree. We we don't all have to have the same opinion. And you, you've got those people out there who just want to argue, who just want to know this is exactly what's happening. Well, with all due respect, you you don't know that. There's so much in a subject that we we can think or you you may have had an experience, but that was your experience. And again, we won't go back over the whole, you know, TR3B, Palladian spaceships and all that kind of stuff, because that's all very personal opinions on stuff. But have a discussion. That's what Lou Elizondo is talking about. Come on and tell me what your opinion is. And if you don't agree with mine, you don't have to apologize. But your opinion should be fluid and it should be allowed to change and grow. The more information you get, the more evidence we get, the more things change. What I thought about the phenomena and this topic 10 years ago to five years ago, what I thought last year before I started this podcast is wildly different to to what I think now. And I think people just have to have that little bit of fluidity. Like you say, UFO Twitter, for all it gets described as a bit of a wild west, is in a really good place. And yeah, you're always going to get the online keyboard warriors. Just brush them off because there's a really good community of people there to get in touch with and interact with as well. So I'm, I'm always up for a discussion, a debate, a question, you know, a DM, whatever that might be. And I think you're right. And um, brushing them off is a great way to do it. I look at a lot of the real pros and they don't even like read the comments. They, they don't comment back. Um, I do comment back on Twitter. But, you know, when I post my articles on Reddit, I don't usually read the comments or comment back. Um, or if I do read them, I'm just not usually replying. So it, you don't always have to reply. And a lot of the pros, once they get to certain levels, they're just posting their stuff. I mean, there's a point where I would rather just speak through my blogs rather than a series of tweets. And I'm still tweeting um, and things like that. But, uh, you know, if you really want to just brush stuff off, stop replying and just post what you want to post and let people comment underneath it. And you don't always have to snap back at them. It's funny, obviously, the last week has been big for this podcast, okay? And this is just me personally. Um, I 
didn't really put stuff up on YouTube before. It was almost a bit neglected, but I'm going to start doing that now. This will be the, the second ever video that I post to YouTube for the show, and I'm going to upload the audio of the back catalogue. One of the first comments, because it's always been really positive and so many nice comments on Twitter, which which is great and, and weird and Facebook and Instagram. But um, as soon as I put it on YouTube and someone posted the link on Reddit, there was like there was like bits of abuse. I, I genuinely don't care. It doesn't bother me. I don't get I don't get offended at anything. Um, I, I was told I speak like I've got a potato in my mouth. I've got a dodgy Scottish accent. So if you understand, fantastic. Maybe we can put subtitles down here one day if if people are really struggling. Okay, but this is me speaking like slowing down. Believe it or not. Um, and then, yeah, I get destroyed. I get destroying comments. Like I was on a. The Richard Dolan show on YouTube. If you read the comments, I mean they're fifty percent good, fifty percent bad. But people just say whatever they want. Yeah. They're going to say the meanest stuff you can. Look at all the stuff that Lou goes through. I mean, we think oh, we yeah. get it bad, and people are commenting on our appearances and things like this. But I mean, imagine what Lou goes through, and he's been getting trashed, and people calling him all kinds of crazy names. And uh, it's the internet, man. They're not going to they're not going to say this to you in person. They're going to only say it on the internet, and you can't find them and you can't smack them because they're on the internet. So. Yeah, I'm 34. I've got, what, 24 years experience of being online. So there's nothing you can say to me that will shock me or offend me or upset me. So um, and that's not a challenge, folks. But yeah, um, next up, Dave Smethers. To, uh, I love Dave's emails. He sends me loads of questions for guests and stuff as well. Um, Danny, do you think MJ12 was a real thing? On balance, he doesn't, but doesn't necessarily believe. Oh, sorry, he does, but doesn't necessarily believe that all the documents that we see are real. If you do believe, what form do you think it might be in today? I'm only as good as the people I listen to. I'm not a government insider. I don't have any, you know, crazy, amazing knowledge over the decades. I listen to people I respect. I listen to people I'm able to speak to now. Um, but I'm able to, uh, so anyways, yeah, I just go on other people that I trust opinion. Not everyone agrees on MJ 12. It's extremely messy. There's tons and tons of history and, um, about it and people hate it. You know, people hate the subject of MJ 12. They've been arguing about it for decades and decades before you and me were around doing this UFO stuff. So with that said, um, a lot of people know about that document that was released last year. Um, UFO Joe leaked it. I also wrote about it and it said MJ 12 on there. Um, so we know that Dr. Eric Davis and Dr. Hal put off, um, think that's a legitimate document. It says MJ 12 on there. So you can kind of extrapolate from that, that Dr. Hal put off, and Dr. Eric Davis probably maybe think MJ-12 was a real thing in some way or some form. So that's them. I'm reporting on what they're saying. I don't have much of an opinion on it, but, you know, um, I take their opinions pretty strongly. There's other very uh, important people that would probably disagree. So it's hard. You know, I try to kind of um, ask around about certain things. And if I get kind of mostly the same answers about it, I feel more confident to write about it or something like that. If I get mixed answers, then I have to kind of question it. But there, I will say that, you know, put off Davis and there's other people too that are unnamed that think there was an, some sort of an MJ 12. Um, 
Does that mean all the documents were fake? I mean, were real? No, there could have been, all of them could have been fake for all we know. And this could have been the only real one. Um, Dolan, um, Richard Dolan is of the opinion, and I hope I'm not butchering his comments, that all of those fake documents, it isn't like someone was sitting in their basement and wrote them up. It would have been like a team of people writing these things. And it was almost like they were trying to muddy the waters. So why would they go to that much of that, that much trouble to put out all this fake stuff? I don't know. So I don't know at the end of the day, but if I'm going by put off in Davis, I would say, yeah, it existed. Um, if I'm going by other people, they would laugh at me and say, Danny, why are you talking about this? So that's basically all I can say about it. Um, but there are other people that I've spoken to off the record that would never want to be named that seem to believe there was some sort of an MJ-12. You know, has the story of MJ-12 been warped and mutated into some weird, crazy thing and been um, exaggerated? Maybe, probably. But was there some sort of an actual MJ-12? Maybe. Maybe so. I don't, I'm not 100% sure, but I know Putoff and Davis are extremely smart. I love reading some of those leaked documents and just to see what's in them, the way they're written. And I always think, though, regardless of the maybe real, it maybe not, if you were going to create a real document, you could just have an agreement at even the highest level. Look, just make sure uh, on page four, there's a paragraph of what we know is just made up nonsense. And it just throws off the validity of the whole rest of the document. So anyone who is reading that knows, yeah, on that page, ignore that paragraph. None of that's true. And that one little seed of doubt is enough to throw off everything else that would be within that file. And that would be a really easy way. You know, I, I'm not saying that happens, but really easy way to throw anyone off this, the scent if this stuff did get leaked in the future, which, you know, maybe mm. that happens, maybe it doesn't. Um, yeah, that's Bob Fideman had a question as well. Do you think there are, are reasons other than security as to why Lou Elizondo, Bob Bigelow, and perhaps others decline to elaborate on what they know? Um, do you think how elaborating may affect religious beliefs, for example? Um, I hope it doesn't. You know, there's always been the debate and discussion about what would happen to religion if we had full-on balls-to-the-wall disclosure. Me personally... My big thing in my personal life with UFOs, with religion, is that everything fits together. I really believe that. And I believe that the UFO subject, the phenomenon, all this other stuff, things people probably call ghosts. And I'm not saying I believe in everything about ghosts, but we know that there's some sort of uh, poltergeist type stuff happening because of Skinwalker. Um, I think it all fits together with religion. Um, I think a lot of times we're just using weird definitions and weird um, or different definitions, different translations. You know, I'll say a word, you think it means one thing. I think it means something else in my mind. So I think there's a, some sort of a disconnect there, but I think everything fits together. And I think it would be very unfortunate if um, religions are just totally ripped down if, when we get full disclosure. Um, a part of me thinks that religions will be, um, more popular than ever because one people might get a little bit scared and they'll want to go to religion or two they'll realize a lot of this stuff they've been told if they understand that it all fits together that the, a lot of this stuff they've been told in religion was correct um, in in some ways and then other people will say it was all wrong because part of theology in any religion 
is people debating um, definitions, debating what the words mean in the in the religious texts. So um, it's my hope that it doesn't affect religion at all, and it makes it better, and it gives the world a better understanding of everything around us. Um, it's probably going to be a mixed bag and have a lot of different effects um, on religion. And it's always uh, stinks to hear that, you know, there was this quote unquote cons elite or type of people like that, that think that we shouldn't be um, studying the phenomenon because it could be demonic or something. I mean, maybe it is demonic. I don't know. Maybe that's the word and maybe that's a correct um, phrasing of it. I'm not saying it's true or not, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't study it because to me, it's part of nature. If it's in the world, it's nature. Um, bottom line and we should never turn our backs on nature turn our backs on science turn our backs on discovery um you know maybe they're right that we are in kind of like this golden era of ignorance right now and it's better to not know what's going on because the truth is so darn horrible and we really don't know and right now we're just kind of ignorant and happy running around you know delong has uh mentioned that in some of his uh, classic interviews Maybe it is better to not know, but we're rolling the dice. And the fact is that humanity is made up of adults and we deserve to know the truth. So no matter how good it is, no matter how bad it is, we just want to know the truth. Yeah, I talked with Elizondo off air for about 10 or 15 minutes after we finished. And I can't remember actually if I said this on the podcast or after, but it's fine. But I, I mentioned to Lou that I... I wonder if, you know, everyone says they just want to know. They want to know everything. And if individually you could be lined up where you go to an office building, okay, here's the room, let's call it room 101, whatever that may be. Um, okay, Danny, in five minutes you're going to go into this room and for a couple of minutes someone is going to sit across from you at a table and tell you everything about the phenomena, how it works, what's going on. Literally, you will know the truth. Ghosts, you know, werewolves, UFOs, flying saucers, aliens, different dimensions, I wonder how many people after finding out that information, if they were then given the option to forget it, would take up take that option up that, do you know what, now I actually know, and it's not just a hypothetical, I'd rather go back to not knowing that. What do you think on that? It could be. It could be. That's kind of what I was you know, intimating just now that um, maybe it's better to be ignorant and we're kind of, you know... Uh, children in in our development but i'd rather be an adult um i want to know everything um you know i want to know what the world around us is i want to know what it means i also question whether humans are ever going to be able to know everything and i'm talking about on a big level on a religious level on a well maybe our brains just can't contemplate it but um as far as what I can be told, I want to know everything. I want to remember it, but I guess I wouldn't know for a fact if I want to remember it until I do. You know, what would we, you know, a lot of people boil it down to, you know, abductions. And what if the world knew that abductions were real? There's nothing you can really do about it. And uh, that would upset a lot of people, bottom yeah. line. Just the abduction situation on its own, let alone some of this other deeper stuff that maybe we aren't aware of. So, you know, it is very scary. And um, we've all had a chance to kind of come to grips with this over the years. But if we ripped the Band-Aid off of the public, um, it's they're going to have to come to grips with it a lot quicker. And we're open to it. 
Um, so imagine what the people that aren't open to it and have all this anxiety about it, you know, they would freak out. Um, but that's kind of the worst case scenario. We look at what's happened with the Tic Tac, what's happened over the last three years. No one's really gotten scared. Um, so that was, I think, part of the goal of this rollout of information too, to not scare the public. And uh, they've accomplished that. So maybe people just don't really care. Maybe they're not going to believe it. They'll brush it off. They're going to say it's fake news and they're going to go about their day and they're going to be watching sports and eating wings at the uh, restaurant. And they're not going to really care about stuff that isn't affecting them because they got bills to pay and they got a family to raise. I don't know. Um, it's kind of a sociological question. Um, so, and we're not going to really know till it happens. Danny, on to the quick fire round to finish off. So quick fire round, I'm going to bring up some topics, some subjects, uh, and ask a few questions. You can say as little or as much on each of them as you want, okay? Um, the first one is Bob Lazar. A lot of people ask me my opinion on Bob Lazar. I don't have a huge opinion on Bob Lazar. I have a huge opinion on George Knapp. He's the best to ever do it. He's the best journalist, period. So if he's reporting something, I believe what he's reporting. Um, does that mean every aspect of the Bob Lazar story is true or uh, is true? Maybe not. Maybe he got some things wrong. Maybe he was given misinformation. I think George would uh, agree with that probably too. But to brush off George Knapp's reporting is probably the biggest mistake anyone can make. This, we're talking about George Knapp, the legend, the best. He's changed the world. Um, so I have an extremely strong opinion about George Knapp. And if someone um, asked me about Bob Lazar, I say, go look at George Knapp's reporting. Don't ask me. Go talk to, uh, or go read up on everything that George Knapp has done because he's the man. George Knapp is on my list for guests I would like to have on the show this year. Given I've ticked Luella Zondo off that list, it's uh, Chris Mellon and George Knapp are the next two names. Uh, yeah. Next up is Skinwalker Ranch. You touched on it earlier on one of your questions. I think what happened at Skinwalker and what is continuing to happen is most likely authentic. I think um, it's historic. Skinwalker Ranch is a historic thing. You know, what happened when the um, unnamed uh, bureaucrat or whatever you want to call them went there and saw, we, we heard this recently again in the recent Bigelow interview, he saw the Mike Oldfield cover Tubular Bells. Yeah. And then that, then that turned into creating OSAP. It was almost like it was meant to be like they like the phenomenon knew that that's what had to happen in order to get these programs started. And then let alone now we have the program um, mentioned in the world. You know, we, now we know about ATIP and OSAP. If you go back, it was like, I mean, it's speculating, but it's almost like they wanted this to happen, but I don't brush off what's happening at Skinwalker. I don't believe every single thing that happened there, but um, I would have never believed in, you know, poltergeist activity, if there wasn't so many credible people saying it followed them home from Skinwalker. I think something happened there. Something continues to happen. Um, I think it's confusing and amazing. I think that people are always talking about slide nine. I think possibly some of the stuff in slide nine and in some of those other reports came from um, Skinwalker because we had disassembly of, you know, cameras there. And um, I think Skinwalker is historic. And there's other skinwalkers, and I think it's, it's a big key to what's going on, but it's also extremely confusing. 
Um, and I hope, uh, I think Bigelow did historic work there, amazing work. Um, and uh, and uh, I think Brandon Fugel is really putting a lot into it now too. Again, uh, you're, you're bringing the names up, but Brandon has DM'd me to say he does look forward to coming on the podcast in the future. So hopefully before season two of Curse of Skinwalker starts back up, we can have Brandon back on to follow up on Thomas Winterton and, and Dragon's interviews that are in the archives. Next up is the Wilson Davis memo. And obviously a shout out to Joe Murgia, who I think almost had as much to do with that as uh, Wilson Davis themselves. I believe it happened. Um, there was the meeting. Um, people have known this since it happened behind the scenes. This is another thing where behind the scenes, a lot of people will say, of course it happened, but they won't necessarily want to say it publicly. Um, it doesn't mean what Wilson told is accurate. They could have lied to him about everything. But did Eric Davis meet with Wilson? Yes, I believe that happened. Eric Davis, you know, Lou has said various times that, Eric Davis is incapable of lying. You talk to a lot of these people behind the scenes and then their public personas, and they are sure of different pieces of evidence. So they have strong opinions behind the scenes. They don't want to share them necessarily publicly because they can't prove it to the world. Well, that, that's not Eric Davis. He's going to share the same things he's saying behind the scenes with the public in many cases. Mm. Um, and I just even though he hasn't commented necessarily on the Wilson thing, um, I have no doubt in my mind that it occurred. Um, but we don't know if those SAP managers or whoever those people were lied to Wilson. We do know that the um, hiding uh, technology or programs in private industry is 100% accurate. So that fits in with everything. Everyone says that across the board. You know, people that hate each other all agree that this occurs. So that fits. And um, you'd be surprised about all the people that have told me they think Wilson, the Wilson Davis meeting happened that don't want to say it publicly. But uh, um, it, it happened. And, you know, NIDS back then knew it happened. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that everyone argued about it so much, but I get it because people want evidence and we don't always have that evidence to show them. But uh I would like to know if what the SAP manager said was true. Um, but I also understand why people, major reporters don't necessarily always want to touch it because Wilson denies it. So it's kind of a catch 22. It's kind of an interesting um, story, a very interesting story in UFO lore now. Is it the biggest story ever? Like some have claimed, probably not. I think the Tic Tac, you know, is a lot bigger. Um, but, you know, it, it was an interesting thing and uh, it's going to be part of UFO history and maybe we'll get more uh, information about it someday. I mean, I'll go back again to what I said about the documents where if you have if you have 10 pieces of information, deliberately put one false piece in there. So, again, Admiral Wilson could have had, you know, 90 percent of what he said was true. And either knowingly or unknowingly, he says one thing that is provable that is a lie. It just puts in doubt everything else that's been said. And that, that mm -hmm. could be a tactic and you know in the disinformation community, intel community. Again, I'm not I'm not an expert on that, but that would be a really easy thing to do. So, you know. Uh, next up is Tom DeLong. Tom's a man. He's changed the world. He um, no one can take away from what he's done. He created to the Stars Academy. 
Um, we wouldn't be here today, probably, if it wasn't for what he did. He says a lot, of, a lot of wild stuff on the other side, unprovable stuff. I think he doesn't always um, have the level of evidence that other people need or want when he talks, but he's changed the world. Not everyone likes what he does. You know, he's, he's political, and a lot of people want the UFO subject to be apolitical, to move it forward. They want Republicans and Democrats um, on board. And when he's tweeting about politics, um, some people don't like that. Other people love it and say that yeah, that's good. And he's speaking up and speaking his mind. He's a rock star. He's a rich guy. He can say what he wants. And I wish him the best. No one can take away what he's done. He's changed everything. And I hope to the stars doesn't go down in flames. And I hope it works out and that it continues to be um, successful. Um, they have a lot of challenges in front of them now because of the split. I would love to see some people, a lot of people say, well, they hate entertainment, the entertainment side, but I want to see a Tom DeLonge movie. That sounds awesome to me. Yeah. It sounds fun. Um, if nothing else. And I think Tom is right that sometimes entertainment, uh, when you mix in the real stuff is, is the way to do it to catch the kids because they're not going to be watching documentaries. They're not even going to be watching. A lot of people watch unidentified, but you know, a lot of people aren't watching unidentified. And maybe if like it's an, it's a um, cartoon, you know, sketch movie that they're doing or any kind of other thing that's really entertaining. It's going to get people on board. I mean, growing up, us, us as kids, how many times did we watch a movie and then we got interested in something or, or even a classic older movie, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind or just watching anything, you know, then it opens up your mind and it starts as entertainment. And then it takes you somewhere else. So um, I'm interested in that and I hope he succeeds at that. And I hope uh, everything goes as planned. And I want um, uh, I want Tom to start talking about UFOs a little bit more. He kind of stopped a little bit and I hope he gets back into it. And I hope the creative works and I hope everything that they're doing works. But uh, I've got nothing but love for that guy. Um, at the same time, bro, you took a bunch of investments too. And uh, um, I hope... Uh, that turns out well too for the investors. I think sooner than later, TTSA do owe the public a bit of a statement and a, a roundup of where things are at. There's been too many changes and too much disruption, like you say, with a lot of investment going in um, that people do deserve. And like you say, without the investment, I, I wouldn't say the same statement, but I think people do deserve to have a bit of a, you know, what's going on from Tom particularly and, and TTSA. So I would like to hear Tom do some interviews. More than happy to have him on this podcast still. Um, do you have a favourite case, picture or video from whenever in time to do with ufology that is your go-to? I mean, obviously, I think the Tic Tac video is the best um, that we have. Um, you know, uh, Puerto Rico was an amazing video. I would love for that to be kind of uh, um, co-signed by maybe like a government agency or something. Um, and then my other, uh, I hate to say favorite because it was a horrible situation, but just incredibly interesting is Calaris, um, Brazil. Uh, that was a really unique or maybe not so unique, um, occurrence. I was told that there's been lots of other Calaris type events that we maybe just don't know about, but, uh, I really am fascinated by Calaris. It's scary. It's amazing. Um, and it's a case study that 
a lot of people can kind of sink their teeth into. Um, everyone still debates it, of course, but a lot of weird stuff happened there. And I would like more um, focus on it because a lot of these famous people and amazing people, they keep bringing it up. It's like they don't want it to go away. So I think that's very interesting. Um, I was in Arizona for the Phoenix Lights. I was, didn't go outside. I was in Tucson and I missed it. But that, um, you know, it will always have a place on my heart just because I was there at the time. And uh, that was a huge thing. But, um, and there's a lot of other really interesting things. I mean, I'm always going to wonder about the, um, the Israel videos. It seems like a couple of the videos might have been real and a few of them might have been fake. I don't know. Maybe they're all fake. But those are really amazing where that orb comes down and then flies back up. Um, yeah. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of different stuff. And my big thing, too, is uh, I want all this stuff that we don't know about. I want more and more and more and more. So <clears throat> I want um, all these other military cases. We want more military cases coming out. We know they're happening pretty regularly. So that's my big thing is I want to be reporting on um, cases that are unknown. And I want the public to know about them. Any personal experiences or sightings yourself? Not really. Once I saw a green glowing orb type thing, but it didn't blast off. And so I don't know. It could have been a drone. I'm very, very skeptical uh, when it comes to this stuff. I've seen flashes of light in the sky, but I don't know if it's a phenomenon. It could have just been something normal. Yeah. So I'm really going to have to see something do like a right angle turn or blast off or do something really crazy for me to think it's actually a UFO. Otherwise, I'm going to brush it off as a drone. I mean, how do we not know that these things are drones anymore? Um, there's too many drones in the sky. Um, I've had the weirdest experiences I've ever had were kind of like uh, um, not UFO related. Like, um, you know, once uh, this is, I guess this is kind of weird. I'll say it, but uh, I was driving, it was late at night and I was, um, there was no one on the road and I was like, man, if someone was coming down the wrong side of the road right now, I'd be toast. I need to slow down. And uh, this thought just popped into my head and I slowed down and there was someone driving, some drunk driver driving on the wrong side of the road. And I, I somehow knew that right before it happened. So that's probably the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me, not UFO related. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never seen a UFO. I'm not an experiencer as far as I know. Um, I'm just obsessed with the topic. I think there's more, uh, evidence then we can brush off and i want the public to know about it awesome Uh, danny for you is it ufo or uap i don't think it matters Um, a lot of people think it matters a lot i don't think it matters as much i prefer in my headlines to use ufo because i'm trying to reach the general public not the ufo community Um, the ufo community knows what uaps are but the general public does not so if I want to reach the general public with my blogs, I'm putting UFO in the title. I'm not putting UAP because they don't know what UAPs are. So to me, it doesn't really matter. I'm trying to get more bang for my buck. If, if the whole world knows what UAP are, I'll start using that term more. But um, for now, they don't, and they know what UFOs are. So I think uh, we have to kind of stick to UFOs at the moment i understand why people don't like the word and they want to switch it to uap because of stigma i get it but we need to have um people walking down the street understanding us when we're speaking and they don't understand uap yeah is that brand association i mean for any for any old school wrestling fans out there everyone worldwide still calls it wwf 
it changed mm -hmm. to WWE what 15 years ago now but the general public know it as that so it's a brand and, and you're right UFO for all its negative connotations it's what is known so that's why it's that UFO podcast and not that UAP mm -hmm. podcast um, yeah. and lastly what for you is disclosure good question I think it means different things to different people um, for me um, you know one side of it is we've already had it we've had confirmation um, it started we have a UFO program and the government, we have a task force, et cetera. But really what it is to me is when the general public, I call them UFO civilians, people that aren't really interested in the subject, don't really care. They know that the phenomenon is real, or at least they know um, more than they do now. So, and we're not there yet. Um, we thought we would be with the tech story and the gimbal video and all these other things. The gimbal is more debated, whether it was a plane or UFO, but the Tic Tac is pretty hard to debate. Uh, you know, it wasn't a plane. Um, but the disclosure to me is when the general public, UFO civilians know what we know and believe more of it and understand that there's a non-human intelligence. Um, we're making progress, I mean, there are craft or whatever you want to call them flying around. Marco Rubio and Mark Warner even agree. Um, they're flying around in the skies. We know that. People aren't paying attention as much as they should. Um, so that's step one is to get them to pay attention to that. Step two would be for them to understand that it's a non-human intelligence and that we're not alone. So that would be disclosure to me. Awesome. Danny, it's been great talking to you. I'd love you if you could just let the listeners know how they can get in touch with you. And of course, I'll put your links in the description of the show as well silverrecord.com there's also a contact link on there and it goes directly to my email i'm also on all social media um mostly and uh i talk to people i'll talk to anyone they can send me tips um i'm extremely busy but who isn't and that's not an excuse so i'll answer anyone and i appreciate it and i love talking to people and i love uh i loved uh, coming on the podcast today thank you and uh but silverrecord.com that's the way to do it Awesome. Danny, it'd be great to have you back on soon and one of the round tables as well with yourself and Gaucho and some of those guys. It'd be good to have you on. Awesome, man. Thank you. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access the shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO UAPAM. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chelsea, a little baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Fuck. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shut out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little Meditated game of fateful on meta. I can't imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like, you awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz. The 
jumped back and nearly kissed myself. And I climbed out the window after the elf. And I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head. And everything was weird and everything was red. I called out to my boys. They thought this was noise. They thought it was a dream. They thought it was my toys. They thought it was my problems. And I think I should see therapy. And I don't know what it is because it doesn't really scare me. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.